All right. Well, once again, good morning, everyone, and great to see you, and thanks everyone joining us online at the Christ Central Church. And as Mark said, my name's Joe Crummy, and I'm going to be speaking today from Acts chapter 2. But first, I have some uh, questions for you regarding some statistics done in the year 2019 uh, regarding the amount of time Canadians spent online. So I'm going to ask you for your guesses on a few things. So this is 2019. I'm sure the numbers have gone up a lot in 2020, but here we go, all right? How much time did the average Canadian spend watching TV per day in 2019? Any guesses? How much the average Canadian? Four. four. I have a four over here. I have a four, do I, do I see a four to five, five over here? <laughs> Any other guesses? Eight? Eight. Eight. Woof. That's right. He's speaking on behalf of other people, right, Jerusha? Absolutely. Any other guesses? Six. I feel like the price is right here. We've got a three to an eight, so that's our lowest to our highest. All right, here we go. It is 3.5 hours a day, so that is 24 hours a week. So that's like one 24-hour period people watch TV in 2019 in Canada as I said, that probably went up in 2020. All right, how much time does the average Canadian spend online? So separate from TV, it's a different category. Any guesses on that one? Seven. Anyone else? Two, thank you. It's good to have some, are we closer to two? Are we closer to seven? Okay, the guess or the answer on those guesses is 4.35 hours a day, which is 30.45 hours a week. So that's different from even the TV one, okay? So that's separate from TV. What percentage of Canadians watch TV and use their devices at the same time? <laughs> Everyone's going like 100%. <laughs> that is steadily increasing. It was 75. We're very good multitaskers. All right, and here's... Uh, We'll see, what, we'll see what your answer is for this one. What percentage of Canadians admit to using their phone while using the washroom? No one's guessing on that one. Your silence kind of implies some guilt, okay? Can I just say that? Any, any guesses? 26? 60? All right, here, here's the answer. 46% admit, we don't know about the other 54% whether they ever tell the truth or not. However, whew, and I could go on, it was fascinating looking at some of the statistics, okay? But it does kind of make you stop and think, and Hazel just shared that for those of you watching online who maybe didn't see the worship part, just, you know, what, what do we spend our time focused on what are we devoted to, what kind of gets our affections, what are our habits, and what are our priorities. And new year, into a new year, new month, it's kind of a good time to reflect, take some inventory, make some changes personally, and for us together as a church family as well. And one of the things that's going to help us with that is this passage we're about to read from Acts chapter 2, uh, verses 36 to 47. But I just want to set the context again, because 
Uh, verse 36 is going to start with a therefore, so I have to explain what it's there. For Jesus, God on earth, we just celebrated that at Christmas, lived his life, brought us back into relationship with God, modeled, but also was the means through his death on the cross, resurrection. Now he's returned to heaven. He's poured out his spirit, and incredible things are taking place. Peter, one of his followers, gets up, explains what's going on, and explaining to the people, and it says that 3,000 people followed Jesus from that point on. And we're going to look at what did that look like. It's pretty amazing. Okay, so let's read this together, and I think it'll be up here on our screen. Uh, Acts 2, 36 to 47, and we pick it up towards the end of Peter's talk, and he says, therefore let all of Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. And when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the promises for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. And with many other words he warned them, and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. And those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. And here's what they did. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many signs and wonders performed by the apostles. And all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Whew! What a great passage. Isn't that stirring? Luke records in Acts that devotion to Jesus, that following Jesus, understanding who Jesus is, all the things that we learn on Alpha, it's expressed and demonstrated. That love and devotion for Jesus gets expressed and lived out and demonstrated by being devoted to his community, by being devoted to one another as fellow believers. What does following Jesus look like? It's this, it's being added to a family, that we're sons and daughters of God, and we're brothers and sisters in Christ. We're added to a kingdom, God's kingdom. Therefore, we're fellow citizens. We have citizenship with God, but that brings some privileges, but it brings rights and responsibilities as well, that we're in a partnership with Jesus. He's our teacher, and we're like the apprentice that we're learning, but we get to learn together about what it is to bring in the kingdom of God and to follow and pursue Jesus together. And that he's given us the Holy Spirit to help us with that, and he's given us one another to pursue and to be devoted to Jesus. So briefly this morning, I just want to highlight from this passage three things that we can be as we start a new year and as we think about what we're devoted to. Here are three things from this passage. Number one, we want to be devoted to biblical truth. It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. It took some determination, some effort. They devoted themselves to the Word of God, to the Bible, God's written Word for us today. What a great thing that in the world we live in, we have access to God's Word. We have it in print form. We have it on our phones and our tablets. We can find it. It's all over the place. We have access to God's 
Word. What a great thing. We've got to realize that in parts of the world, they don't have access to God's Word. Parts of history, there was no access to God's Word. Folks, we're privileged to have access to God's Word, that God has revealed Himself in His written Word. Who God is, God's purposes and plans, who Jesus is, the plan of salvation, God's purposes and plans from end, middle, to the end, that we can understand and know and be part of it. And that's why we have something like Alpha, where we can come together for us who are learning, for those who maybe don't understand. We can come and we can learn each week about what does God's Word say? How does that apply to our lives? Who is Jesus? How can I have faith? How do I pray? How do I live out these things? We can encourage one another to be there. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. God is our Father, and it says, who never lies. Is that we have this body of truth that goes beyond us. And in our culture that we live in, in North America, here's the thing. We live in a culture that has taught us that we get the final say. It's very individualistic. We get to, I get to determine what my values are. I get to determine my truth. I get to determine my version of truth. I get to determine my rights. I get to, I, me, me, I, I, me. And when we become part of God's family and we follow Jesus, we begin to realize there's a body of truth that's bigger than us. And part of following Jesus is beginning to learn and understand that God as a good father has purposes and plans that Jesus modeled and taught the Holy Spirit leads us into that actually looks quite different from a lot of the things the world values and that we in our flesh want to put us first, that we've come under submission to God's Word and that affects the whole of our lives. And we need to learn and it's, it's growth, it's learning that God's Word brings teaching on things like our finances, marriage, being single, our sexuality. God brings direction and teaching and truth. And we want the Holy Spirit to put a yes in us to say, I want to be devoted to biblical truth. I want my life to line up to God's Word, even if it looks quite different from what the world values. One of the reasons we're providing right now media and access is we're not saying to you, hey, don't watch TV anymore, get off your devices, don't use the internet. That isn't what we're saying. We're saying, use these things wisely. And there's great tools and resources that we can fill our lives with biblical truth that molds and shapes us. If we're going to spend 10 hours watching TV, we can find time to be able to say, I'm going to listen to some teaching of God's Word. I'm going to bring truth into my life. I'm going to be devoted to biblical truth. At every age group, we need to take stock sometimes of what are we filling our lives with. And here's the other thing with that. What we see here is they devote themselves to the apostles' teachings. The apostles were living with them and amongst them. And one of the key things I just want to bring in that as we're devoted to God's Word and we're devoted to biblical truth is God puts us in a local church where He provides shepherds, overseers who come and seek to correctly handle God's Word. And so I love and I'm recommending, we want to listen to Tim Keller 
incredible teacher on how we decipher what the world thinks and how do we, as Christians, do this. We want to listen to a Beth Moore. We want to listen to a John Piper. We've got incredible teachers. Hallelujah. And we want to... But here's the thing, folks. Tim Keller doesn't know you. Beth Moore doesn't know you. They'll never know you. They're not here. They're not living. We're not in a family together. And it's really important that we can be sometimes drift into just watching things on the internet, and we can kind of get isolated. Well, God's feeding me. I'm listening. To, and to be honest, they speak a lot better than Joe Crummy does. I know they do. But here's the thing. God's put us in a family, and we're to live these things out. But folks, we're sharing our lives together. As elders, we're sharing our lives that you get to see kind of the good, the bad, and the ugly. Are we applying these things ourselves? Are we modeling these things together? So God puts us in a community. We're following Jesus. We're devoted to Jesus. That gets worked out by do, devoted to biblical truth, God's word, Jesus' teachings, the Holy Spirit, but also together as family. In the book of James, James says this in chapter 3, he says, not many of you are meant to be teachers because us as teachers are held accountable to God. We're going to be judged more strictly with how we handle God's word. So there's a weight and a responsibility that comes with that. John Stott says this, I love one of my favorite quotes, the Spirit of God, that's God's Holy Spirit, leads the people of God to submit to the Word of God. The Holy Spirit's involved. He's the Spirit of truth. And as we seek to be devoted to biblical truth, the Spirit of truth helps us and we help one another. We're also this, we're devoted it says they were devoted to fellowship. They were devoted to the community of believers. They had a common life shared together. That's the second thing. It's not just an individualized, selfish faith, but devoted to a local community of Christ followers through the good and the bad. New Christians were added to a community. And a lot of times that meant they're pulled out of something to be brought into something. And when we become followers of Jesus, a lot of times someone we're, we got to leave some things in order to enter into this new community. We leave something to gain something. The disciples following Jesus devoted themselves together to one another. And so I just remind us of Passionate's word to us two weeks ago on December 27th. He shared five things that I'm just going to reiterate again as part of this. He talked about mentoring, that we can help shape and mold one another's lives. He talked about praying together. He talked about encouraging one another. He talked about sharing our faith. He talked about getting involved together as a local church. And we want to be devoted to community life. We want to be devoted to learn God's word and apply it, not just personally, but together. We want to learn how to pray on our own, but we want to learn how to pray together. We want to learn how to worship on our own, hallelujah, but we want to learn how to worship together. We want the one another's to be worked out. And God's Word says all over the place things like this. Sing to one another. Serve one another. Encourage one another. Exhort one another. Pray with one another. Help one another. Love one another. Edify one another. And folks, in a good way, one good sign of the last 10 months with COVID and all that is we've struggled because it's hard to work out these one another's through this time. You know what? That's actually a good thing. <laughs> If you're like, hey, COVID didn't affect me at all because I'm not really involved in anyone else's life and I just actually have more time for me, it's probably not a good thing. 
It's actually a sign when we struggle and say, you know what, it's a bit hard because we haven't been able to have as many contexts to live out the one another's. And we've had to kind of be creative in working that out. We get to share with one another. We get to share our homes, our clothing, our food, our money, our resources. We saw that in the last month with our friends Gabby and Santiago. They were here in the first meeting. They were in some great need. And the family of God came together and donated money and food and resources as an example of living out one another, being committed to the community. We get to eat together, hospitality, conversations, listening, sharing our lives and stories. We get to laugh together. And here's one of the things that is a bit tough. We get to bring correction to one another. Now, I have to be careful and set a context to this, but we sharpen one another. We smooth out the edges of one another. Out of love and concern, we look out for each other. Because any one of us, we can drift, we can get isolated, we can be deceived. We all have blind spots, maybe with our attitude or our words or actions or inaction. We don't always see some of the things that other people see around us, and they can lovingly point some things out to us. One of the things, one of the contexts I see this most in our church life is within our team of elders. So there's Mark and I and Ollie. Ben was at the first meeting. And we meet every week and many times and feel the weight of leading the church and trying to hear God's voice and correctly handling God's word and modeling and guarding, guiding, governing. And folks, a lot of times, I'll be honest, we don't get along. We disagree. We have misunderstandings. We have miscommunication. We sometimes have to like stop and say, mm, what did you mean by that? And we have to talk and we have to clarify and we have to forgive and we have to believe the best about one another. And we've got an enemy that wants to rob, kill, and destroy. And us trying to work that out together is a microcosm of us as a church family. But as we do, God's building deep friendship. God's building deep roots. God's building strength. God's building, oh, I'm so glad after this tough conversation, you know what, we're coming up with a better answer than if we had just gone with my idea. It's tough, but it's good. And God uses that, and we're committed to one another, and we're committed to the community. We see kind of two principles evolve out of this with Acts as well, is we see that they met in large groups, they met together in the temple courts, which means large groups, and they met house to house and in homes. There's structure and flexibility. And we've always tried to model that here in our church as well. We love meeting together in small groups. We do it here on Sunday mornings, times two. We do it in our prayer meetings, our kids club, Ignite, Fuel, men's and women's weekends, conferences, church weekends. We can experience the manifest presence of God together. We can hear teaching together. We can use spiritual gifts together. We can pray together. We're a witness together. We've got diversity. We've got different nations and cultures and languages all coming together. We're part of something bigger than ourselves. Hallelujah. We love meeting together in large groups. We love meeting together in small groups. You have benefits to both. In our life groups, 10, 15 people, you've got more time to be able to share our lives and get to know one another. We're trying to do that with our few fuel small groups. We try to do that with our Zoom prayer meetings early in the morning, Wednesday at noon. We meet in coffee shops and homes and video chat and walks and playing sports together. 
We've got opportunity to be friends and to care and to help and to share and to know and to give. And can I just encourage anyone watching online, it's really easy to get isolated. It's really easy to kind of opt out. But I believe from God's Word, our growth gets stunted if we're not living out together. We can think we're doing pretty good, but folks, if we're not in a context to live out the one another's, we're stunted. We will only go so far in our growth with God. Now, here's the thing. I've been part of this church for 24 years now, and every time I read this passage, my heart just soars, and I'm like, I get so excited, and I'm, I mean, just that 42 to 47, just that vision of church being together, like, who wouldn't want to be a part of that? But here's the reality. I, we, can, have, will, we fall short of that vision. Because you know what? It's difficult. It's hard work. We have an enemy that opposes us, and we get, can get hurt. And I have spoken on this before. We get what I call the deadly Ds. We get disappointed. We get discouraged. We get disconnected. We can get disillusioned from church. And I'll be honest, sometimes you just feel like, I'm just going to give up. I'm just going to go, sometimes it's just better to be on my own. Passionate two weeks ago, and it hit me again. He said this as one part of his message. He said this, don't give up. So can I encourage you this morning, you're here watching online, maybe you feel like, because sometimes we get it wrong, folks. We do hurt each other. We fall short. Don't give up. I'm just going to read out something from Jerusha, who's here. She gave me permission, and I believe the context of what I'm about to share was coming out of just feeling disconnected and maybe upset and frustrated of not being able to meet together and just some of the things that we've felt over the last 10 months. And she sent this through to Tim and Pamela, her life group leaders, and shared it with us. And they just asked if I could share this. I think it's just a really helpful picture. And so let me read out what Jerusha shared this week. She said this, I had a picture recently of this beautiful woven piece of cloth with beautiful and intricate designs woven into it, kind of like the beautiful creations that Gabby makes. And Gabby was here at our first meeting, so I could book it. I looked at Gabby. Except with this cloth, we as a life group were the cloth, and all the designs were our shared experiences, our trials, our prayers, our celebrations, our laughter, in our lives that we share together as a group. And there were large knots along the bottom tying all the individual pieces of woven thread together. Specifically in this picture, our cloth was getting frayed a bit by the pandemic and not being able to be together regularly. But it looked frayed only on the surface. Deep into the core of the cloth were strong, almost steel-like threads that couldn't be broken because they'd been bound together by God himself. Folks, I believe that for us as a church, we're that cloth bound together, our lives, that God does that. He knits us together. Even though we look frayed, God has put steel in to hold us together. And folks, the reality is sometimes as leaders, we make decisions that haven't helped the church. And we've admitted that and we confess that. We ask for your forgiveness and we want to learn and we keep going. And sometimes we as members let each other down. 
Sometimes we get disconnected. We're not playing our part. We can get distracted. We get lazy. We can drift. We can get into sin. And we don't always realize that our individual lives, we affect one another for good or for bad. But thank God there's forgiveness. There's a restart. There's lots of grace and mercy. And we can continue on. The last thing I just want to hone in on and this is more the application part, is we pray that we are devoted to growth, both personal growth and church growth. And folks, this is our responsibility combined with the Holy Spirit helping us, and we get to encourage one another in growth. So that's why I so encouraged Hazel when you shared, Bob, what you shared during the worship time. It's like, what are we putting our affections on? What are we stirring ourselves with? What are we feeding ourselves? Are there going to be things that get us on fire for God or things that are going to drift us away from God? So hear me again. It's our responsibility. The Holy Spirit works in us and we encourage one another. Here's, I'm going to give you some practical things. If you're going like, okay, yes, but how? Here are some of the hows of how we can grow personally praying, Lord, would you will in me, would you create in me, would you stir in me a desire to want to grow in God's Word? So here's, on each of these points, I'm just going to give you one or two helpers, okay? Lord, help me grow in your Word. Do you have an app, the Bible, on your phone? If not, that's one change you can make this week. Get the Bible on your phone. It's on our app, it's on our website. And then if you've got some time, wherever you might be, you can read God's Word on your phone or on your device. Do you have that? Use it. Make one change. Say, we've got no excuse. We've got the phone around us all the time. Okay? Make a change. And here's, I'm going to say this for every one of these things I'm going to say. Do you know someone who you know is like, man, I just know they're in the Word, and man, they ask them, how do you do it? How do you read God's Word? Ask them. Find out. Learn from each other. For three or four years, I've been using the Bible Project. You get to tick off the boxes. It gives you a reading plan. You can read the whole Bible in a year. I did that the last four years. This past year, I realized, you know what I was doing? I'm straight up honest with you. I'm zooming through, not zooming, but I'm flying through reading the Scripture so I can tick the box that I've read my four chapters today. And I'm going like, you know what? That isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. So the past year, I slowed down. I read less, but I went slower, and I say, Lord, I'm just going to take some time to meditate on your both, both work. Find out. Okay, personal growth. I want to grow via the teaching of God's Word. Here's a couple of practical things. When I'm speaking, when Mark's speaking, Garrett, whoever it might be, you know what? You might want to start taking some notes. That might be a helpful Wait, how did I remember Passionate's five things from two weeks ago? I wrote them down. So that's one thing. Second thing is this. If you miss a Sunday here, why don't you go back that week and listen to the message? If we can spend whatever, what, I, what quotes did I give? <laughs> 24 hours of watching TV in a week, and if we can spend 30 point whatever hours, we can take 30 minutes, folks. We have the time. I know we're all crazy busy, but if we're watching 
30 hours of TV a week, we, got, we have the time. Go back. We got it on YouTube. If you're on our Facebook live stream, go back. And I encourage this, go back and listen to the worship and what was shared in the worship. And write down, Gene Follin, two weeks ago, hey, it's going to be a time of God's gathering. He's getting the gathered. Hey, it might be people you don't expect. Wow, that really spoke to me. But I wrote it down because I'm praying into that. That's going to affect me. Do you remember what John Waugh shared last week? Like, folks, if this is God speaking through the body, let's remember what he said. Write it down. Meditate on it. Go back. I love the live stream. I went back last Sunday morning, watched the whole Sunday morning before, which got me stoked for coming for last Sunday. <laughs> it was like, wow. Let's grow in our spiritual gifts. Let's find someone who might have a gift that you think you've got, and ask them, how do you live out that gift? Gift of helps, administration. How do you live that out? Prophecy, tongue, interpretation. Angela, when you gave that tongue, like, how did you know God was, how did you know that was God? How did you know to do it at that time? Ask, learn, ask a million questions. Ask lots of people. You can ask them, how do you hear from God? How do you make decisions? How do you handle your finances? How do you handle temptation? How do you deal with being single? How do you deal with being married? Ask each other. Folks, we can learn so much from one another, but we want to be devoted to wanting to grow. Let's grow in prayer. Maybe this season, you're going to make this, this decision this week. I'm going to join in one prayer meeting as a start. Maybe you're not in any. So I'm going to pick one, either Monday morning, Wednesday morning, or Friday morning, 6.30 a.m., I know there's a group of people praying on Zoom. I'm just going to pick one of them. Folks, that's what I did in April. I'm like, I don't know if I can do all three, but I'm going to pick one. So every Friday, for, since April till now, joining with Gary, Ben, Wilf, every Friday morning, 6.30, half an hour. So I got to go to bed earlier Thursday night, and I'll be honest with you, every Friday morning when the alarm goes, I don't want to get up and I'm like not in a very good mood, but I get myself up and praying, and by seven o'clock, I'm like, man, I'm so glad. It, my day is changed. It might be Wednesday noon, it might be our Sunday evening. Folks, if you can't make any of those, there's not guilt and pressure. Pray on your own. Find two or three other people to pray with. Pray in your life groups. My point is, there's a desire. I wanna grow. I wanna grow in these things. I want to grow in just being still and learning to hear God's voice. Folks, I forget my stats, but whatever, 30-some, 24 hours a week on TV, 30-some on, like if there's ever a time just to say, time out, I want to develop some rhythms in my life where I'm just going to be quiet. God, speak to me. I want to hear your still, small voice. Folks, that takes some learning. That takes some detoxing from just being busy. I want to grow. So you might want to just start one day a week picking a half an hour and just saying maybe five minutes in a day to start. Can I encourage you? As you do that, I can almost guarantee you're going to desire to want to do that even more on any one of these things. Hey, we want to grow in being witnesses and sharing good news. Can I, this is a great place to start with. This is an easy one. Honestly, this is really easy. Maybe once a day, 
Start with once a week, but I'm going to up it a little bit more. Once a day. Send an email, a text, a message of encouragement to one person. So folks, if you want to be a witness, send an email to your school teachers and say, I know it's a crazy time with COVID. We really appreciate your effort at school. We're praying for you. Can I guarantee that will make someone's day? I'm going to message the nurse or a doctor or someone in healthcare. Hey, I'm thinking of you today. I know it must be a very stressful time. We're praying for you. We're cheering you on. Folks, it's that simple, but it's that profound. Have you ever received some encouragement in anything that you're doing? Doesn't it just like, it's water to your soul? Doesn't it just like, folks, we can be those people. Mark already said it. Bob said it. In the next week, God, is there one person I could invite to Alpha personally? I'm going to message them. I want to grow in sharing good news. I want to grow. I want to be devoted to growing in these things. Last couple of things, I want to grow in generosity. I want to start maybe giving some money away. Maybe I'm going to start giving to this church for the first time. But maybe you're going to give some money away. Maybe when you're getting your groceries every week, you're going to buy a few extra things in order to give them away. You can grow in generosity. You can grow in friendship. And this is a tough one, and I don't mean to be hard on anyone, but we've all been there. We're going through stuff, and like, no one's calling, no one's texting, no one's doing the things Joe said they're supposed to do. You're supposed to encourage. No one's encouraging me. I feel lonely. I feel left out. All those things, folks, we, they're real. But here's the antidote. You text somebody. You call someone. You message someone. You take the initiative. Say, I'm going to grow in friendship, and I don't maybe feel like anyone's being a friend to me. I'm going to grow in friendship, and I'm going to reach out. We want to grow and maybe learning more about Christianity. So maybe if you're watching, maybe you're here, I'm going to take Alpha for the first time. I'm going to even just go, I'm just going to go the first night. That's my growth. Hallelujah. Just come first night. Just come first evening. Start there. Folks, can I just encourage us? If every one of us devoted ourselves to Jesus, to biblical teaching, to the community, but if we develop and to get devoted to growing in all of these different areas, can I just say our church is going to be a lot healthier? The Lord will add as we sow seed and as we be about these things. And last thing, we're in this together, that we can be devoted to grow together, that we can pray and cheer on and encourage and support areas of church life that we're not even involved in. So you might, this time around, you might have nothing to do with Alpha. But because we as a church are doing Alpha, can I say, can you pray for Alpha? Can you maybe encourage those that you know are involved in Alpha and just say, hey, I'm praying for you today. Can you maybe message Jody Ward or Gemma or say, Emma and say, look, I'm not really involved in Kids Club, I'm not really involved in Ignite, but hey, I know we're, doing, we're in this together. How can I pray? How can I encourage you? How can I support Maybe you're not involved in fuel with their youth, but maybe you're not involved in some of the things, but hey, folks, we're in this together, and we can encourage one another. We can pray for one another. 
My part is this. I want to be involved. And the last thing, can I just encourage us? It's an attitude, folks, and it takes, it takes some adjusting. We want an attitude of everything I'm involved in, Lord, use me, and what can I bring? So our attitude should be, when we come meeting, we're watching online, and that's what I'm saying, you can message in, is I want to be, able, I, I want to be ready to bring something to encourage people this morning. So every Sunday during the week, God, I want to be ready. Doesn't, you might not have the opportunity, that's okay, it's the attitude. God, I want to grow. I want to be ready. I want to bring a story from your provision this week. I want to bring a spiritual gift. I want to bring a scripture. I want at the prayer meeting tonight, even maybe this afternoon, like, okay, God, I, I would really love to be able to bring something tonight that's going to encourage and exhort and edify and strengthen and comfort. When I get ready for life group, Lord, this week, I want to be ready. When I'm getting ready for fuel, whatever it might be, it's an attitude. It's an attitude. This is the problem we'd love to have. There's no one sitting here because everyone's lined up to get to the mic over here. And we are saying, look, folks, you know what? We got to cut it off at 10. And I know there's 20 of you still ready to share. We will deal with those problems, okay? And not that you have to share every week. That's not the thing. It's an attitude. I'm coming to Life Group on Thursday night. And God, would you give me something this week? I just want to be ready. Because my heart and my, I want to grow in serving and being a blessing in my workplace. God, help me. I want to grow in being salt and light. Folks, in this year, we want to use our time wisely. We want to decide what, what things am I feeding myself that are going to grow my affections, that are going to fuel me to be a more passionate follower of Jesus and a worshiper of God. And I'm just trying to give you some very practical, realistic things that if you can just take one of these things on any one of those categories, if you're really keen, take all those 12 categories I gave and just say, I'm going to grow in one of them. So I'm going to ask Mark to come and we're going to close with a final song. Really, I know... You can speak the words, you can't quite sing it out, but it is a response to say that I just want to be devoted to Jesus. I want to be devoted to biblical truth. I want to be devoted to the community. I want it to be devoted to growth. Lord, I want to grow this year, and I know that as I grow, the body grows together. Let me just pray, and then we'll sing this song. Father in heaven, we just want to thank you again your love that gets demonstrated to us through Jesus. Thank you that as we put our faith and hope in Jesus, you bring us into a family, into a community. And I thank you for your Holy Spirit. And I just pray for my brothers and sisters here today, in person, watching online. Holy Spirit, would you give us a greater desire for biblical truth, for the family of God, for community, and for growth. Lord, I pray, would you will in us to act according to your good purpose, Lord will in us, Lord, to grow in these things, to be a blessing to our church, but to the world, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you.